Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're living in the golden age of television. We are inundated with choice. Netflix alone has 17,000 titles on offer, and that's just Netflix. Not even counting Paramount, Disney, Stan, Binge, and Prime, all names that we have here in Australia. I'm Sasha Kelly, and welcome to The Dive, the podcast that says, whoever said that business news needs to be all business. When we were on a team trip in the States recently, I watched Jury Duty, the runaway hit that everyone is talking about. It's available on Amazon Prime here, but in the States, I watched it on Freevee, Amazon's ad-supported streaming service. It's a new app in an ecosystem called Fast, free ad-supported streaming television. When they say jury of your peers, I think that's accurate. This is the most unorthodox trial that I've presided over. The surprising thing I discovered on Freebie is that it's a treasure trove, complete series from decades past, Magnum, Bewitched, The Carol Burnett Show, and Dallas. This is a new trend in the US. There's plenty of similar platforms. There's Tubi, Pluto, Zumo, and they're all tucked away on your smart television. And what's more, they're owned by familiar giants. You might recognize some of these names, Fox, Paramount, and Comcast, alongside Amazon. It's Friday, the 23rd of June, and today I want to know, is fast a sign of where the television industry is going? To talk about this today, I was joined by Sarah Morrison, senior reporter from Vox. So today I've got the pleasure of speaking with Sarah Morrison from Vox. She's a senior reporter there. And in our newsletter, Thought Starters, which comes out every Monday, we linked to her article, The Wild West of Streaming TV is here And it's free. Welcome to Fast, the free ad-supported streaming television bargain bin. And Sarah, heaps of our audience clicked on this story and found it fascinating. But for those of us who haven't joined you on your journey of discovering Fast services, can you get us up to speed? Basically, I was writing an article about a TV show and I wanted to watch like old episodes of it. Um, And I was like, where can I find them? And I look up, you know, like title of show streaming and I find that they're on something called Freebie, which I had never heard of. What TV show were you looking for? Night Court. Okay. (laughs) A sitcom about a court at night uh, from the 80s. So uh, it was one of my favorite shows because I'm weird and uh, they did like a revival of it. So in order to review that, I had to, I wanted to look at like the old ones um, and, and there they were, all of them, all nine seasons. And, you know, the only catch was uh, I had to watch ads. They were free, just clicked and watch. Uh, I was like, wow, this is this is great. Uh, I never heard of Freebie before. What is this? Uh, and then I sort of searched around, you know, my television and found there was this sort of thing of apps with all these weird names that I'd never heard of. And they were all offering kind of similar services. So I was like, oh, there's this whole like ecosystem of like free, weird shows, old shows. Some of them are relatively new. Some of them weren't weird. I just was more interested in the weird ones. <laughs> and uh 
and movies and that I had sort of never heard of before. And then also that a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, including Freebie, were owned by like big companies that I had heard of, some of which had their own like paid streaming services. So I just sort of thought, like, oh, what's 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 up with this? Um, and it's also a thing where you're like, well, if I haven't heard of it, then probably other people haven't either. So uh, let's write about it and see if anyone else is interested. Can you remind me what FAST stands for? Because it's an acronym. It's not just an adjective in this context, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know that fast was what they were called either. Apparently, um, a guy who I talked to in the story sort of coined it to distinguish them from the paid things like Netflix, et cetera. And it's, you know, free ad supported streaming television, pretty simple. And it's just defined by there being free ad supported. And then I think also a lot of them feature like TV listings and like live TV. It's not like the TV that you're watching. It's like their own version of it where there's channels dedicated to like certain shows um or sort of genre things so the stuff that they offer in their like on-demand library like nine seasons of night court you know you'll also see on these like live channels so i guess a lot of people just like to turn on a show and just sit back and watch you know like four hours of it um that's just sort of fed to them rather than having to like actively choose you know what you're going to watch and like think about it and all that i think that's attractive to a lot of people these days when Watching TV is so much a thing of like, what do I want to watch? All these things are available. All these episodes of television are available to me. Um, you know, you take several minutes to sort of figure that out. I, I can see the appeal of just having someone else do that for you the way it used to be. So you've mentioned ad supported and that's kind of central to the business model. And you've also dropped the name Freebie as one of the products in there. But there's other services as you said, lots of these titles unrecognizable. Um, two that you named in your piece were the Fox-owned Tubi and Roku. Can you just walk me through the landscape? Because they all have slightly different business models, even though ad revenue is central to all of them. Right. It's And it depends on sort of like who owns them and what their sort of business purpose is. So something like Roku, um, they're, they're, they're a platform, they're a device for like watching television. You plug it into your TV and you can access all these other apps, et cetera. So they're, you know, on a device level, trying to accumulate as much data as possible about your viewing habits. Like Samsung is the brand of my television. They have their own like Samsung TV plus or something like that. And they don't just know the data of what you're watching through that app. They know what you're watching on television. So that's a great way to sell for advertisers. You're like, we know not just what the audience watches on our thing, but just what they watch, period. So um, there's a great way to monetize the device that, you know, already exists. Something like what's, you know, Pluto is owned by Paramount. So you have, and the Tubi, which is owned by Fox, is similar, big, huge archive of content that's not really doing anything that you can just throw on there and monetize. Why not? And then for for Pluto, Paramount has a paid streaming service, Paramount Plus. And so they do a lot of like upselling. You know, there's things on Paramount Plus that become available on Pluto later, but not all of it. You want to see the rest, you can come come to Paramount Plus. So it's sort of a way to upsell as well. Can I ask on um, Paramount in particular, because you are talking about the fact that they have a paid service and a fast service, how do they manage those two not cannibalizing each other? Or is that all about the upselling kind of life cycle of the consumer? You know, I ask that and I think part of it is, yeah, especially with with Pluto and Paramount, it's, it's all about, you know, trying to upsell and, you know, get that content. But there's also this idea that there is this 
audience and these eyeballs that we're just not going to reach. They're not going to, they cut the cord. They're not going to pay for our service. We're not going to get them any other way. Here's a way to grab that section of the audience that we're otherwise not getting and monetize them. So, because I did ask, I said, well, why are you going to put, why are you going to have two different things? Aren't you going to like lose the paid one for the sort of less monetizable ad one? And I think that that's basically the answer is that they see this as two distinct things or one that some of which they can maybe convert to the other that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Can you talk a little bit more about the Fox owned Tubi? I remember that being a example in your piece that you talked about in particular. Tubi is owned by Fox. And also like, I think almost all of these, except maybe Freebie, these were all like independent sort of services that these companies like bought up. So Tubi was its own thing. Fox buys it for couple hundred million dollars, I think, now supposedly might be worth like two billion. So Fox, which doesn't have a paid streaming service really. So they're not even, you know, trying to do like what Paramount and Pluto are doing. They're just like, here's another way to, to get into streaming. And again, Fox, huge library of stuff. Um, and sell ads and sort of I, I guess the, the, as far as I know, this is this is where we're all in on streaming and where it's gonna be. As opposed to like, I mean in the US you have a bunch of different channels. You have like you know, Peacock, NBC, whatever, with their paid thing, CBS, Paramount with their paid thing, and, you know, ABC, Disney with their paid thing. And Fox is like, here's our thing. And it's not, you don't pay for it. So um, we're trying something a little different. So that is the landscape of these new streaming apps. Let's talk about whether these new services are gaining traction with audiences in just a minute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to The Dive. I'm Sasha Kelly. And today I'm talking to Sarah Morrison from Vox about the rise of fast TV. What's the growth been like for these services and their audiences? Is it, I mean, I don't want to say is it working, but are consumers adopting fast services? Um, they are. I think some of that growth has to be because it's now owned like in the last couple of years by massive companies that can put a lot of money into, you know, advertisements. Um, Tubi had an ad on the Super Bowl, so which is, you know, famously the most expensive ad. I mean, it was also a Fox, you know, show, so they might have gotten a little discount. But, you know, they can get in front of more people, maybe put more things on it. Um, but, you know, either way, like you have people who are like you know, cable television in the U.S., uh, it's just more and more and more expensive and less and less and less interesting. So, um, you know, you cut the cable uh, to, to save money and then you're like, I'm going to do all these streaming things that everyone's talking about. But now there's like five of them and they're all raising their prices. And now I'm paying as much as I was for, you know, for cable. <laughs> so and I have less money because of inflation and whatever else. So, you, you know, this thing comes along and it's much more attractive maybe than it would have been even a year ago. Um, and you're like, let me, you know, I'm going to buy into, I'm going to explore, look around. These things have huge libraries. So you can, you know, Tubi's, I think one of their big kind of selling points is you get lost in this. You fall down all these rabbit holes because we have so much stuff. And I think that's definitely a thing that happens. And in terms of like, you know, statistics, we have like the Nielsen ratings here and you are now seeing a couple of these services 
Pluto Tubi and now Roku like showing up where they were too, there's too few viewers to, to make these lists. They're now showing up on them. So people are watching. The question now is like, how high is that ceiling? Is it enough to make enough money through this? Because the streaming things make a ton more money because subscriptions are expensive. And even the streaming ones that have ads on them, like the paid ones with ads, those are much more lucrative too. So we're sort of, I guess, going to see is, is this growth sustainable and is it enough to make these, um, you know, super lucrative? Yeah. It, it makes me think like reading your piece and I'm an elder millennial. So I definitely grew up with, um, you know, it's Foxtel in Australia, but cable for want of a better word. And it does just make me feel like it's a different version of cable and, you know, everything old is new again. What do you think is the future of television? What does the future of this landscape look like? Um, the, the interesting thing for me as I did this, and I can't tell the future, but as I was doing this, we were seeing reports of like, you know, HBO, Warner Brothers, whatever, were selling shows from their library, which were relatively new, um, to these fast services. They were licensing them. So all of a sudden these fast services were getting like much newer content. And also the paid services are scaling down because they're suddenly have to, they almost all of them lose money and a lot of it. So, you know, there's days of reckoning coming where they're going to have to really figure out how to make that money. I think we're going to see things sort of settle out. And I suspect, you know, fast will be much more of a thing. A lot of the old weird shows from like the seventies might not be on it anymore, but like a lot of shows from like 2018 uh, will be. Yeah. I saw you mentioned that Westworld was one that had moved really quickly um as i remember watching that only a couple of years ago yeah exactly and i know um like disney just had the willow revival which i think was a couple months ago was was on and they've just taken it off and i suspect that will emerge on on a fast you know service uh at some point soon so this is just another route to like monetize content or not lose as much money um, on your massive $100 million production on your streaming service that you suddenly have to figure out a way to make money off of, you know, here's a place for it. So I think the, the offerings on Fast will evolve. I Probably the ads will too. Um, it's an interesting selection of, of ads that you kind of get on these. It's like a rotation of, for me anyway, of like three things for like uh, pharmaceuticals, which I know I think in Australia, you don't have to worry about drug ads. It's a super weird thing in like America and one other country. Uh, you know, it was like that and like car insurance. It was like those two ads like over and over and over again. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. It, it might be a bit like any emerging digital market when I first started listening to podcasts and all you'd get is Squarespace and Casper mattresses. They were the only <laughs> yeah. ads that I'd ever get, which just shows how effective it was because I can still name them today. Uh, and I do think that, you know, as the US is a cultural leader for Australia in many ways. So what's happening over there probably uh, come to our shore soon. Look, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. It's uh, You've been so generous talking through your piece with us today and I will be linking your original story in our show notes. Thanks for joining us on The Dive. Right, thank you for having me. A huge thanks to Sarah Morrison from Bucks for spending time with me talking about television today. Quickly, I have a small favour to ask. We know that the best way for our podcast to grow is you. If you take just a second to send our show to a friend, recommend it at the pub or on social media, or even just hitting follow on your podcast player, 
It's 30 seconds of effort to you, but to us, it's a massive deal. It helps us get in front of other listeners. So please, if you love listening to us as part of your regular routine, that is exactly what I'd love you to do right now. But with that all being said, I'll be back in your feed on Monday. Till then. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.